Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles, the Oklahoma's Oklahoma State football podcast. I am your host, Scott Wright, joined as always by Jacob Unruh. And we are here once again on a Tuesday evening at Stone Cloud Brewing Company. Another fantastic night here at Stone Cloud, man. It's just beautiful weather. It is. Beautiful place. There's live music here later tonight on the back right? patio. Yeah. Um, an electric harpist. An electric harpist. I yes. did not realize that. That is, that's, that's new to me. That's it fantastic. That's, that's innovative, that's kind of stuff you cutting get. edge stuff. That's the kind of stuff you get here at Stone yes. Cloud. So uh, 917 South Husband here in Stillwater. Uh, as we've uh, told you before, we're here every Tuesday evening. Uh, usually around 6.45 to 7 o'clock, depending on what time Oklahoma State football wraps up practice and we get finished talking to players. So uh, we finished all that up for tonight, and we are here. Thank you for joining us, whether you're listening uh, on our podcast channel or uh, checking us out through video on YouTube. We appreciate you always. Um, just to uh, to kind of wrap up the, uh, the the usual beginning of show stuff, we've got the newsletter we, uh, yes. we, we have to uh, remind folks of. Go to Oklahoma.com. Uh, find the uh, the Cowboy Sports Minute newsletter and uh, and check that out to keep up with all the Oklahoma State stuff that is going on. Uh, Jacob and I, of course, uh, promote our own stuff through Twitter on the uh, on the website, all over the place. So you can always come and find us and uh, and follow our content uh, wherever you uh, wherever you want to find it. So um, again, we thank you all. But uh, but with that, I, I think uh, let's uh, let's start with uh, with what you got here in the glass. You got this, a, you got a fancy glass and is, everything. This, this week. is my favorite segment. I look forward right? to this segment every Tuesday. Mm-hmm. What are we drinking? Right. Um, and I'm going to start. Yeah, I do have a fancy glass. You do. It's, it's a very nice fancy glass. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the High Five. Um, it's the double IPA that Stone Cloud made for their anniversary this last weekend. Their anniversary in Oklahoma City was their fifth anniversary. Um, and they also made a stout that I tried a sample of that is actually really fantastic. <laughs> um, but it's I wasn't also, sure where you are going when I heard coming out here no no no, no it's really because fantastic. i knew you enjoyed yeah. it I knew it's you really it. fantastic but it's really strong so yeah. i went uh-huh. with something a little less right um we need strong. you to make it, we need you to make it through the podcast yeah i gotta make it through but this is this is also fantastic good deal uh i'm uh, i'm going with a uh, an old stone cloud standby chug norris i like chug norris big, big fan so um i shouldn't say i'm a big fan i've actually never had it uh i'm just familiar with it <laughs> uh because i know that they uh, that they make it so yeah uh, looking forward to that. So, uh, anyway, how was uh, that one? This is actually great. All right. Good great. Cheers. Here we cheers. go. Let's cheers on this one. Oh, yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah. All right. Good way to start the show. Um, we'll jump in and um, look back really quickly at, at last week. Obviously, we had our, uh, our post-game Twitter spaces slash podcast. And thank you to all the folks who have chimed in. We do know the audio is not the quality that we produce here on the Tuesday night show. We're doing our best. I think that week two was better than week one. Going to make a, a couple of more adjustments, try to get yeah. it better uh, in week three after Arkansas Pine Bluff. But, uh, but we're, we're, doing, we're doing what we can to, uh, to improve the quality of the audio there. Uh, but in that, we got to discuss um, the improved run game, Dominic Richardson establishing himself as, as well, I mean, we knew he was the number one guy, but mm-hmm. really showing that he'd go out there and, and be that guy, 27 carries and. Listen, he was better after he injured his ankle than he was before, yeah. uh, and which is it's just which is saying something because he was really good in the first half, uh, but misses a couple of series. 
and uh, and comes in and has a great second half, helps him put that game away. Um, you know, defense I thought was better. Um, still, still some issues to uh, to resolve there with young guys. Stuff you expect this time of year with so many guys making first starts. Uh, I'm just I'm taking up the entire wrap up. No, you're I'll good. Throw, I'll throw you're, it back to I'll, you. I'll for, drink beer. Okay, if you want to just talk the whole time, I'm good. <laughs> now, uh, here's here's the thing. You, you mentioned Dominic Richardson. Um, I want to I want to emphasize how good Richardson was the other night. Mm-hmm. I covered him in high school for three of his four years in high school. Um, and he was electric at McGinnis. And this looked more like the Dominic Richardson I saw in high school right? where he was running through people, he was running around people. Um, and it took a sprained ankle, apparently, to do it, yeah. and which is crazy to me. That hurdle, absolutely right. unreal. Um, he's catching the ball more. I wrote about that in today's paper. I'm recording this on Tuesday, as we said. The, the running backs catch the ball more, too. I think that's important. But Don Richardson really can change this offense if he can run the ball like he did. Um, and I think that needs to be emphasized a lot. And I think we'll see it some this week with, with Pine Bluff, but we probably won't see Richardson too much. No. That's the hope. Not, uh, <laughs> not going to have a lot uh, of opportunities, I think, and we can get into that more. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else from, from our Arizona State that we need to, uh, to, to tidy up? I think we covered it pretty well yeah. in, uh, in our post game. So. Yeah, you know, I'm still uh, impressed with Trace Ford the more I watch things. Right. Um, yeah. He's going to jump out at me just the, the way he played. And, you know, I think that's, that's still what stands out in my mind. His, uh, his, his versatility, the different types of things that he did, whether it was, was bull rushing a guy and pushing him back into the quarterback practically or uh, jumping up and knocking down a pass, um, you know, getting, uh, getting in the quarterback's face. Um, it was uh, it was neat to see him back on that level mm-hmm. that we uh, that we were used to seeing him his first two years. So definitely uh, 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 pleasant improvement to uh, to see him make that step. All right, with that we'll look ahead to uh, to Arkansas Pine Bluff. Actually, we'll get in more into to our Tuesday evening and and what it was like visiting with players after practice tonight because that was you know, probably more interesting than what the game is going to be on Saturday. So yeah. um, you know Arkansas Pine Bluff. A, uh, a team that's uh, that's basically won I think four games in the last year plus. They are two and zero this year, but they've beaten an NAIA team and a Division two team. So uh, and they barely beat the Division two team Lane College. So um, not uh, not real high expectations for a team coming in here on Saturday. Um, kind of uh, harkens back to the Savannah State game of, of 2012. Yeah, when Oklahoma State won 84 to nothing. Starters were done at the end of the first quarter. Um, I uh, I actually reached out to Clint Shelf. Uh, that was a, a, one of the very early games in his career before he uh, he worked his way into the uh, the playing rotation on a regular basis. He was number three quarterback that day. Didn't even remember playing really. He uh, he, he vaguely thought he might have played some at the end and uh, went and looked at the box score. He actually threw a touchdown pass that day. Um, he he more recalled the heat of the day uh, there being a, a September first game against Savannah State in Bone Pickens Stadium. So um, yeah, uh, different. Um, different type of game than uh, than than what we've had the last two weeks at Boone Pickens Stadium for sure. Yeah, I think you know I think Mike Gundy alluded to it yesterday um, in his press conference that the idea is here is to get their guys out as quick as possible and and move forward and get other guys opportunities. You're getting chances to get some walk ons. He mentioned specifically walk ons and guys like that that don't get to play. He wants to get a chance to honor them for sticking with the program and doing what they do and getting in this game. So I think we're going to see guys that, that you and I are going to look at and say, who's number whatever, yeah. you know, we're going to, have to be looking at the roster more than usual. Um, but it's going to be fun. I think, I think there's going to be some, some good stuff come out of that too, where you yeah. see some guys 
We're going to see Gunnar Gundy. We're going to see Garrett Rangel make his debut. Um, going to be lots of things to watch. Um, just not necessarily from the starters. And then you want them to take care of business real quick and, and move on. Yeah, you know, uh, every week, and, and I did it this week. I wrote it today. It'll be in Wednesday's paper. It'll be online sometime Wednesday. But I do the red shirt tracker, keeping track of who's playing toward that minimum four games to maintain their red shirt or going past it. Uh, at, uh, after the Arizona State game, only one true freshman uh, actually appeared in the game, and that was Ollie Gordon. I think it's pretty clear that he's not going to redshirt at this point as, yeah. uh, as, as a guy that's in the running back rotation. Uh, so the rest of those guys, the, there were three other guys that played in the opener, uh, Braylon Presley, Cameron Epps, and why am I blanking? Uh, Stephon Johnson Jr. Yes, um, they they all played in the opener. Did not play in the second game. So um, certainly an, an opportunity that maybe they uh, they appear again this week and then uh, and then go back into hiding for a while. So um, you know as that as that redshirt opportunity looms with that four game rule. Th- so. This is the fans' chance to see Braylon Presley probably right. That really good a good look at mm-hmm. Braylon Presley. He's a guy that could be on the field a lot this yes. week. Yes, second and, third quarter, and that's that's really fun. Um, because he's an electric player in high school at Bixby, and um, they love what he's done so far. So, so I think this is this opportunity to see a guy like that. This is what you want to watch: is a Braylon Presley going out and getting his chance. I get a little nervous. We just passed him on a scooter. Yeah, I was he thinking was, that he was he was crossing the Hall of Fame in front of Boone Pickens Stadium as we were on our way over here, and had to yield to him as he came across the crosswalk. <laughs> and uh, I thought. Mm, that's a little nerve-wracking for a guy that uh, uh, is, uh, is is one day going to be an important piece of this Let, offense. Most my likely. family's not in favor of scooters for right. lots of reasons that I'm right. not going to go into on here, but we're not in favor. Of, and you also made the comment, yeah, we can't run over Bra- Braylon Presley <laughs> right, exactly. here. And it's like, yeah, probably a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, uh, aside from the uh, the legal ramifications, yeah. uh, just uh, I would be not allowed in Stillwater City Limits ever again. Yeah, I'd, be, yeah, I'd have, to have a new B partner. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, let's let's discuss our Tuesday evening. Um, uh, obviously, we discussed last week. Things are different. We, we we're split up. We're not all interviewing the same people at the same time, and um, got some really interesting stuff. We talked to uh, Thomas Harper, Sione Asi on the defensive side, Jake Schultz, and Taylor Materko mm-hmm. on the offensive side. Um, everywhere I popped in, I, I talked to everybody but Schultz. Um, I know yep. you talked to him for quite a bit, and so yep. I, I kind of uh, hit the other guys uh, on the uh, uh, during that time. Um, but uh, and and I know you don't want to don't want to give away all the secrets. Gotta, gotta <laughs> yeah, no, we, we got to save for some our, of this for our valued readers. Yes. But uh, but but seems like a really interesting dude. Yeah, Jake. Jake, Jake uh, you know, was a walk on from Prague, Oklahoma, um, not Prague, right, Prague, Oklahoma. Exactly. Um, and he's a guy that's kind of moved around the country a little bit for a while when he was younger um, with his dad's job and. Um, played tight end and linebacker at Prague, actually, and um, was a pretty good player. Chose to walk on here instead of taking some scholarship offers. And um, He's a guy that started out as a Leo, moved to defensive line – or linebacker, sorry, moved to linebacker, back to Leo, um, and then now cowboy back tight end slash tight end, whatever you want to call it, um, where he, he caught a lot of passes in high school. I mean, he had big games, um, but he always said he liked defense more. And so he thought that he was going to do that, but they needed bodies this year. And so he moved to Cowboy back, and it's worked out. He can catch the ball. Um, he's really grown really fast, really likes it. Um, and so it's been he, – he seems really pleased with his progress and I think kind of surprised by his progress at the same time, especially that position. Because it's been a while since he's caught passes, but here he is doing it, and he's doing it pretty well. Yeah, he is. And it was one of the, uh, one of the surprises early 
Um, I, I would say probably looking back at the first depth chart that came out before Central Michigan to see him listed as an mm. or option with Braden Cassidy, who made the same switch from defensive end, uh, but uh, but has been at the position a lot longer. Uh, to see them uh, kind of splitting that that number one role in the tight end slash cowboy back position is uh, is is pretty interesting because I mean I mean we weren't really aware of the fact that he even changed positions. Yeah, it back was in pretty spring, quiet. Yeah. So, it wasn't something that anybody was making a big deal about. So to see him make that type of progress and be in that uh, in that realm to be ready to make this, I mean, he's he's playing ahead of, of guys that were recruited as tight ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's uh, pretty pretty impressive for him to make the uh, the strides that he has. And, and Braden Cassidy's switch is a little different because Braden didn't even catch passes in high school. No, no. And so we talked about that last year that he really couldn't catch the ball. Right. And all of a sudden he started catching midseason, started catching some passes, mm-hmm. but. I think Schultz is a little advanced in that, that he can actually catch the ball right, right off the bat. It's a little um, more natural for him. Little, yeah, it's a natural thing. And I think that, that when you get that, I think that's a big change for Roshu. And I think they're looking to throw the ball there more. I mean, clearly because they moved, you know, Blaine Green there. They, you know, they, they want to throw the ball that position, I think. And so I think that's part of the reason you pick Schultz out of that lineup. Right, exactly. And um, I visited with Thomas Harper and actually asked him about uh, Jake Schultz, because obviously with Schultz having been on defense, number one, for uh, for a couple of years, and then uh, he and Thomas Harper have been on special teams together over the past couple of years, and um, you know Thomas talked about how, uh, number one, how athletic Jake is, and number two, how competitive he is, that you could tell early on that he was a guy that was going to make some kind of an impact. It wasn't exactly clear where he was going to make that impact, uh, but you absolutely see it, uh, see it coming now. For, for him there at the uh, at the tight end position. So uh, really interesting transition for him to be this involved this early. So uh, neat to see a, a walk-on, uh, you know, small school kid make yeah. that uh, that type of jump uh, because obviously he really banked on himself a lot and and uh, and and it's paying off for him. It's neat to see. Yeah, and, and you mentioned small school. I, I'd forgotten that Bragg was 2A that year, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, his senior year. And so it was a small school. But right. to see him – do this i just think it's really cool i mean it's it's a fun story um look for more later on jake schultz from us but uh yeah i think uh you got that and then you got some interesting stories tonight you, you like i said you talked thomas harper right. a lot more than mm-hmm. than i did um and sioni Aussie was interesting too but the, what what's that too about sioni i think i think sioni was a guy oh, that really kind of really stood out to me tonight there was so much. It's hard yeah. to. I mean, he held court. Um, he did. The I, I I stepped up to the the scrum around Cione two different times. Once mm. at the very beginning, and then once at the end. I was there for probably five or six minutes the first time. They moved around, talked to some other mm. guys, came back, and was was there for like eleven or twelve more minutes yeah. at the end. And I don't know how long I was gone in between. So uh, he was really holding court, and uh, he's just such a uh, such a unique cultured guy you know he's uh, today's his birthday yes um and he's uh, 26 i believe i think I believe. so uh, i didn't I, hear I, the I, age I didn't, I didn't but i math, think but i'm pretty sure he's 26 now yeah he's the old um, guy on the team yeah he is except for tom hutton but he's well the old guy on the yeah yeah tom hutton yeah. um but sione a, a a polynesian went on a, a two-year mormon mission out of high school um, then uh, then went to Snow College, came to Oklahoma State, redshirted because of an injury his first year here, uh, played a couple of seasons, then got a super senior year, and, and now he's back. So he's a, a dude that is taking, fair, taking fair advantage of his opportunities mm-hmm. to be a college football player. Um, you know, he talked a lot about the, uh, the depth of defensive tackle, that he, uh, he feels that they're in a lot better situation there. Um, you know, from his personal perspective, he, he likes to talk about how tired he gets <laughs> on the field as a you know six foot one, three hundred and ten pound guy. 
Um, so he appreciates the ability of those guys to come in behind him and, and give him a rest. Um, you know, every time we visit with him, it seems like the topic of food comes yeah, up. Yeah, I, I walked up the middle of that. I was really disappointed because I was going to ask him about it. I had to go walk away for a second for something else. And I come back and he's talking about food. Is he he's into fish right now? Uh, yeah, he talked a lot about uh, uh, there was a particular fish dish that he cooks really well. Okay. Um, that has a, a Polynesian name that I, I won't try Man, to, to repeat. I like fish. Yeah. You know, last year he invited me over to eat did, at his yeah. house, and then it didn't happen. Um, so I'm going to try to hold him to that this year because I think I'd like to have a meal cooked by Sione Asi mm -hmm. to see what this is all about because apparently he could really cook. Sounds that uh, way. But I, got him, I asked him about his first time fishing, mm -hmm. you know, and learning to fish who taught him, and it was, was Drew Brown. Uh, I'm going to forget names. It was Drew Johnny Brown, Wilson. Dylan Stoner, and Johnny Wilson. Yes, that's exactly. right, yes. Um, and so that's an interesting crew right there itself yep. to, to teach him how to fish, and it took a while, and he loves it. Um, he's got a daughter that's a little over one now um that that he adores and is really pleased you know really proud about to talk about and um so i think sione's just a different guy on this he team is. that's yeah. uh a little different a different part of life also mm -hmm. while he's playing college football i think it's really cool yeah it is it's so much fun every time we get a chance to talk to him yeah. um you know honestly football is probably the least fun thing to talk to him about and i yeah. don't mean that in a, in a no, mean way he's a good talker about he it is. he is good but there's just so much so many other interesting things about him and um, about his his views on things, he's really good at talking about other guys. Mm -hmm. Talked to him a lot about Tyler Lacey and and the developments he's making this year. Samuela Tuihalamaka and the the developments that he's making this year. Greg um, Richmond, he talked a lot about Greg did, Richmond, the defensive some, line coach. Some great insight about yeah. Greg Richmond and uh, and uh, the changes, uh, the 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 dynamic change from uh, from having. Richmond and Joe Bob Clemens coaching the defensive line to now just uh, just Greg Richmond. Greg Richmond being on the sidelines now for. Mm -hmm the first time in his career essentially at, at Oklahoma State and how things have changed there so uh, it was some some really interesting stuff that uh, that we'll be able to share uh, later on when we get around to writing about those uh, those stories so um, a lot of fun uh, Thomas Harper was uh, was fun to talk to uh, he just like his brother Devin um, on the quiet side yeah uh, but still still entertaining um, we got to talk to him a lot about Devin who Got to play a decent amount of special teams for the for the Cowboys over the weekend in his uh, in his NFL debut, and um, you know Thomas said he had spoken to him and Devin was doing really well. Really, that's enjoyed, good. Enjoyed the I, opportunity. I missed that conversation, so. so that's good to know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, Thomas talked a lot about the uh, the communication in the secondary and the uh, the the kind of natural progression that it's going through right now as they go from game one to game two to game three now, and uh, they they really feel that is is becoming more solidified a lot better understanding of of what's going on still had some busts against arizona state had the big one that, that set up the uh the late touchdown mm -hmm. uh there in the second half i guess it was early in the third quarter actually but um but yeah really uh, some important developments that they're making that are uh, uh that are going to help this secondary um because you know it's it's so easy to refer to the back seven as young guys, yeah. because there's so many guys making first starts, but they're all juniors. The, yeah, it's all older guys. Of, with the exception of Kendall Daniels, who yeah. is a redshirt freshman and and is really coming in as a backup to Sean Michael Flanagan, it's all uh, guys that have been on campus three years or longer. Or in the case of Xavier Benson, a junior. Yeah, I mean he's he's in his fourth year of college. Yeah, he's just, he, he started first, as a true freshman at Texas Tech. So this is first he's year at the Big Twelve. First so. year at Oklahoma State. So, uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's just so many new guys that. Mm -hmm. You know, getting on the same page, being as adept in the defense as what mm -hmm. these guys were that we saw, they're in these positions a year ago, mm -hmm. is going to take some time. So, uh, it certainly seems like they're they're making progress. 
you know, the, you had the first drive against Arizona State where they, they go straight down the field and they end up holding and forcing a field goal, and then that's all they give up in the first half. So um, you def- you're definitely seeing progress from this defense in, uh, yeah. in, in, the, right, in the right manner. So um, let's see. Who else was there? Taylor, Taylor Maturko. I didn't talk to Taylor Maturko much, I'll admit. I listened a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and then I went and held court with Thomas Harper for a minute. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't get to talk to him much. It seemed like he's getting comfortable at, at, at his guard position right. there, at left yeah. guard. And um, I did hear, you know, he talked about that and getting comfortable there and getting other guys comfortable too. Yeah, he's a guy who had never played guard mm-hmm. really in, in his life. It always been a tackle. You know, obviously that's where usually where the big guy always ends up at, at a lower level because it's such an important position. Uh, so coming up, always a tackle. And and Charlie Dickey approached him with the idea of, uh, of trying left guard. Uh, after uh, after they saw the uh, the progress that Caleb Etienne was making as a potential left tackle, and Maturko was all for it, stepped inside there and and is really getting comfortable. Uh, talked about how knowing what the left tackle is supposed to do really helps him understand his role as the uh, as the left guard. So um, you know that's a, that's an important development for this offensive line. They're still trying to find their footing, I think, and and play cohesively. Uh, I think individually, you're seeing some improvement. From guys, but the uh, the unit, mm. uh, the entire five, I don't think have gelled yet. I think that's the uh, that's the next step for this for this yeah, group. Absolutely, um, you know, I think that's that the, the next two weeks are going to be used for that. This yeah. week with Pine Bluff, and then and then uh, you know you got the bye week, you got Baylor. So I think I mean, the offensive line may play a little longer than other starters, yeah, just to keep going that getting that group going. Maybe the secondary a little bit too, but I think I think uh, that's going to be the focus. Yeah, absolutely, and 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 that. It sort of, sort of shines a light on what these two weeks are really about for this mm-hmm. team, because with Pine Bluff, you assume you can uh, you can show up, mm-hmm. run your stuff, and go out and win that game pretty easily. And then, like you said, the bye week before you get ready for for a road trip to Baylor, uh, which really turns the fire up quickly on this team. Uh, you've got two weeks of really heavy self improvement, really focusing on what you do. Uh, it's almost like a, a mini version of preseason camp again. Yeah, um, right here in in you know two weeks into the season. So uh, really important that um, that they're in that mindset of of improving themselves uh, more so than worrying about what's on film from an opponent mm. or uh, or anything like that. So um, any other any other areas or any other uh, parts of conversations that, uh, that that stuck out to you tonight? We covered everything pretty well. I there. think we covered everything pretty well. Um, you know, I'm I'm interested in um, Sione just fascinates me, so I keep going to him, but right. I don't want to reveal too much there. Yeah, so I think exactly. I think we we hold on to that. I think I think it's just a good group this week for a week that you're not expecting a lot with with Pine Bluff necessarily. Right. Yeah, it, it it felt like it could have been sort of an off week for media, uh, but uh, but not the case. Uh, that said, uh, next week we won't actually get to talk to players on Tuesday. We'll That's just true. Get to visit with Mike Gundy. Yeah, we'll talk uh, about what Gundy said next yeah, week. We'll, uh, we'll share with you what Mike Gundy has to say following practice next Tuesday. I assume we haven't actually heard the That's exact true. media. It's schedule, usually the plan. That's, that's usually how they run it on on open weeks. So, um, you and I visited with Mike Gundy after his press conference the other day. He talked about the fact that sort of playing into what we were just talking about about the uh, the extra focus on self, going to work in an extra practice more yeah. so than uh, than what he's done in the past with uh, with open weeks. Partly because it comes this early in the season, they can afford it. Secondly, because they just they just they need, need it. they need the practice. They need the they need the extra work, and I think it's the right call. I mean, I mm-hmm. think uh, you know you give them an extra day, and you get, it's an extra day to prepare for Baylor too. To right. be honest, exactly. and so I think that's huge. Yeah, 
um, I'm working on uh, on a story uh, coming up for uh, for the Thursday paper, looking back at at what the experience of playing Savannah State was like ten years ago, and got some really interesting stuff. And and again, not going to give away all the goodies yeah. on the podcast. You have to come check out my story. But with that said, uh, I visited with Cooper Bassett, the uh, well known. Uh, Oklahoma State defensive lineman from from back in the day, and uh, and he was talking about film preparation for that Savannah State game, and he said by the second day of watching film on Savannah State, which was the season opener at the time, um, defensive coordinator Bill Young came in and said, "We're done with this. We're not going to worry about this anymore. We're going to start watching film on Arizona, which was the week two opponent," and uh, and that was that sort of turned on a light bulb for uh, exactly what. Yeah, what type of uh, what they were seeing on film and what they knew yeah. that they were getting ready to face. So, uh, but yeah, look for that story on Thursday. Uh, I, I've got to visit with a couple of, uh, of of former players about that one, and uh, and just some fun stuff. Really looking forward to writing that story. So, um, with that said, you want to you want to tease uh, your, uh, your 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 pre sure. Story? I mean, you know, I'm we, you know I'm the... I'm writing about Shawn Michael Flanagan. Yeah. I'm, I'll be honest. With him last week, I did. We visited him last week, and I talked with the people back in his hometown now, and. A guy that's just very from a small rural town in, in Arkansas, three thousand people or so, uh, Charleston, and just kind of these humble background. That's and he's waited his turn, and now he's going to start. So I, that's uh, that's what I'll give you right now. And um, you know, once you get once you go, we go through August covering the team. Mm-hmm. When you get to the, the week of the season opener, there are very few surprises. But to see. To have heard all the buzz about Kendall Daniels throughout camp and then see Flanagan listed as the starter and then see him play as much as he did in the opener, even though Daniels had ended up with 11 tackles in the opener, yeah, um, was a, uh, a a pretty significant surprise. And yeah, I, and he's a fifth-year guy. He's he been is. here for a while. Um, has waited his turn, and uh, he's trying to make the most of it. And I think this is a chance that that he gets that he's finally earned. And yeah. so I think it's it's really cool to see. So. Um, I, I know the team can't afford to uh, to look ahead to Baylor, but but we can just a bit, just a bit. Um, and we kind of visited about this earlier uh, on our, on our drive to Stillwater. But I, I think if there's one area where you're really concerned about this team holding up, it's got to be in the secondary. Right? I think so. I think the secondary has been okay. Right. That's what I'm going to say. They've been okay. They haven't been great. They haven't been bad. Um, but I think when you get a quarterback like Blake Shapen in two weeks that picked the secondary apart that was really talented and experienced last year, you get him in two weeks, he could really expose some things. And so I think that's a concern. I think the OSU's got to focus on that the next two weeks to really kind of get that secondary just a little more solidified. It's not bad. Like I said, it's, right. it's, been, it's been pretty solid, but they're about to get a whole different level of a passing attack against them, and I think that's going to be key. Yep, absolutely. Uh, two questions before we get into predictions. Yes. Number one, how's the beer? The beer's great. How's yours? Fantastic. I'm really enjoying it. Um, trying to uh, pace myself a little bit so yeah. I'm not uh, finished before the show's over. <laughs> that's that's fair. Yeah, it's uh, it's really good. I can uh, I can understand the uh, the name. It's definitely a chuggable beer. I can. Oh, I can, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Chuck sure. Norris is a big time. Yeah, uh, really good. Uh, number two, anything else that we uh, that we haven't covered before we get to predictions? No, I think so. I think I'm ready for predictions, right. which I did. Exactly, no preparation for. Yeah. You sent me the topics, but right. I still didn't prepare That's for good. it. I like, I like. This is I, what I'm, I, I appreciate consistency above yeah, all else. This is what I'm going to do every week. I'm going to be like, okay, cool, great topics, yeah. and I'm still not going to prepare for it. I tell you that one of these weeks, I'm going to change all three categories <laughs> and just see see if you notice. That's fine. Yeah. That's fair. 
All right. Um, so we talked about the level of competition we expect uh-huh. Oklahoma State to face, the fact that we don't expect to see Spencer Sanders beyond the end of the first quarter. So our first prediction, more passing yards, Gunnar Gundy or Garrett Rangel? Man, I think I'm going to go with Gundy. Are you? I think so. He hasn't got to the attempt a pass yet. Right. In his two games he's played in his mm-hmm. career, he has not attempted a pass. I think he's going to air it out this time. I can see that. I can see that. I'm I'm going with Rangel on this. Okay. One. Um, it's a it's a little bit of a weird uh, uh, weird scenario that that is replaying in my head. But I, I think back to a uh, a game that Taylor Cornelius got into at the end of a uh, of a blowout um, the year before he was the starter and. He had two big plays in it. One was a, a huge run, mm-hmm. uh, which was completely unexpected from from that dude at that time because we didn't know that much about him. But the other one was a, uh, a deep throw uh, that went for uh, either a long play or a touchdown. I can't okay. remember exactly. Uh, but uh, Mike Gunning pointed out that he had to go apologize for them throwing the ball <laughs> that, oh, no. that deep, yeah. that late in a blowout win. Um, but I think if Rangel gets a chance to uh, to air it out, I think he might take that opportunity okay, yeah. because he knows – that he knows that he's number three at this point. Yeah. He knows that he didn't get to play in the opener. He's got limited opportunities to be on the field this year. I'm not yeah. saying he's going to go again. You know, he's not going to be changing plays in the huddle. Uh, no. But <laughs> if it comes to a, uh, a, a read option, yeah. he might, he might okay. take a chance and chunk it. So. Okay, yeah, I can see that. But s- um, uh, logically, I think Gundy is the uh, is the pick. I think he probably plays more. Yeah, I think he does. That's, that. he, yeah. he still gets in when it's only like a, maybe a thirty five point game. Yeah, as opposed to being a, a fifty point. I think game, I think so. Gundy might get two quarters where yes. everyone else gets a quarter. Very possible. Yeah. Very possible. Do do we see um, Gavin Parker the the walk on? Mm, I would. I would say I mean, no. I would say no just yeah. because of the opportunity to have Gundy and Rangel yeah. on the field. Yeah, more. I think so. Um, though you never know. That's my bonus question for you. There's no research there in my head. I just bonus question. Right. All right. So. Uh, while we're on the topic of bonus questions, I'm going to throw out one. Oh. Every, every week we've we predicted uh, running back carry or carries for uh, Dominic Richardson. Okay. So let's go ahead and add it in this week. Over or under six and a half. To uh, to look back, we uh, uh, I think we had I think we had twelve last at, week, uh, right? Or twelve and a half? Uh, yeah, maybe thirteen and a half, and, yeah. and he doubled that. Yeah, yeah, he did. And uh, the week before that, we had uh, I think a higher number, and he went way below yeah. it. Yeah, so I think really hard to predict. I think you said six and a half. Six and a half. I think I'm going to go above that. I'm going under. I, but, that, go, but go ahead. Yeah, I just think that in one quarter, and it starts getting bad, they might just start handing the ball off. Yeah. It's possible. And so I'm going to go over. I'm probably wrong because I took the under last week, and <laughs> he went way above. So yeah. I'm I I I'm no good at this one. Yeah. All right, so we're three questions in, and we've actually only asked one question. Well, that's so, fine. Uh, to number two, uh, over, under, six and a half total sacks for the Cowboys. Ooh, six and They're a half. Five and a half right now for the season, which is a little it's slower than I'm going over. a year ago. I'm going over. Are you? I think yeah. so. I just think this – I mean, first of all, to rotate the defensive line is going to take a lot anyway. So right. all those guys are sack machines. Yeah. And so I just think that they're going to – Really wreak some havoc there, right? It's like you start talking about second string defensive linemen. Yeah, your second string's like really calling Oliver. Exactly. <laughs> your like, third string's Trace Ford. Technically, right? yeah. It's, exactly. I mean, he's not, but it's technically right. you start going in order. Exactly. It's Trace Ford, which is insane. And you're still talking about a you know a defensive tackle like Colin Clay being on the field yeah. for a significant portion. Aiden Kelly's he, had experience. He's going right. to be on, you know I yeah, Nathan I Latou, think, who they were really excited about in in preseason. Camp. Yeah, I'm taking the over. Ben Kapinski. I mean, you've gotten down to Ben Kapinski. Yeah, he he played play well last year yeah, too. Yeah, absolutely. So did. I yeah over. What are you taking on that over? 
Uh, I uh, yeah, I'm you sound go, like I'm it. gonna go over. Okay, yeah. yeah, I think I they could they could go over it by halftime, honestly. They could, yeah, and then and then back off and and not have any more at that yeah. point. But yeah, anyway, all right. Last one on the list here. Over under one point five. Tom Hutton punting appearances. One point five. So we're not we're not counting holding for extra points. You're right, yeah. Right. Um, Just punting. Over under. I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go over. Okay. Only because I think in the second half, they're going to really slow it down and pull back. Yeah, that's fair. And I don't know that they're going to use a backup punter. Right. So Yeah, you get to the point where you're playing um, Garrett Ringale and asking him not to throw. And you're yeah. playing uh, you know, walk-on running backs Yeah. Um, with, behind behind young offensive linemen. That's, it's definitely, definitely possible. And, and punter's not one you necessarily pull the guy right. that's your guy. Yeah. So I think, I think over. I'm still going under. Under, I think, okay. I think that they uh, that they managed to uh, keep first downs rolling yeah. enough to. Uh, That's to fine. I'll probably be wrong too. Field. I'm usually wrong on these, so it's fine. It's because I because I research it really heavily. <laughs> I'm wrong. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, uh, anything else before we uh, we move on to our our final topic? Which is, of course, not football related. No, but I think we got to bring up something that's not. It's OSU related, mm-hmm. but it's not OSU, current OSU related. Okay. How about Malcolm Rodriguez? Oh my goodness, him and Jalen Warren. And Jalen Warren, yes. I mean, now, now there's a there's a different. Uh, Malcolm was on a different level. Yes, he hip tosses a six-time <laughs> All-Pro, all, yeah. one of the maybe the best offensive center in the game yeah. or of this generation. One, uh, one, yeah. one of for sure. And and Jason Kelsey. Jason Kelsey never saw it coming. No, that's the thing. He's pushing around thinking, oh, it's some rookie, and all of a sudden he just ends up being flipped over. I mean, yeah. and. It was remarkable, and Malcolm played really well. I saw today, I think he graded out as the highest rookie linebacker or defensive player maybe on PFF yeah. on, of the week. Um, he's remarkable. He got in there. The biggest play, I thought, you know, they didn't play him on third downs at all, if much at all, mm-hmm. um, until the end of the game, third and one, they need to get the ball back from Philadelphia. And he yep. comes in there and pops the running back for a no gain. Has to go out on fourth down because I think he got a little stung. I think he's fine, but he got a little stung. And then – Philadelphia immediately gets the first down because they go right. four on fourth down to steal the game. Yeah. But that's the kind of play you're getting from Mark, Malcolm Rodriguez already. It's incredible. It really is. And he looks so small out there height-wise, which was the biggest issue right. for him. And yeah. he looks so short, but he's just so strong and talented and sound. It's it's fun to watch still, even from afar. Yeah, it absolutely is. And, and really quickly on, on Jalen Warren, go find that clip out there. It's on, on social media as well. If you, uh, uh, if you if you have trouble finding it, go to Scott Wright. Okay, I retweeted it from John Wozniak. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but – the uh, you know he gets get, comes in because Najee Harris gets hurt. Uh, Warren steps up into the in, in front of the quarterback to uh, to block and just blows up a, uh, a defender coming at him and uh, and slings him across the field. It was really uh, really impressive, really cool to see so many guys getting opportunities on the field for for Oklahoma State uh, from Oklahoma State in uh, in the NFL. So, all right, with that. Um, Last week we, we we talked about chips, our favorite chips. Yes. Uh, yes. This week, um, now I, I, my idea for this was inspired by from the podcast a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we discussed that our favorite sports movies uh, are oh, yeah. both Boulder Durham. Durham. Yeah. And so I thought, which well, rules? It absolutely does. But I thought there's uh, there's no reason for us to uh, to get into uh, a sports movie discussion. Right. Uh, but I, I figure if we limit it to football, that changes the dynamic. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Football very different. Um, I, I was thinking about this year. There's not as many good football movies as there are baseball no, there's not. There, i think baseball, it's hard to make it's it's very hard to recreate the action in football yeah uh very difficult so um with that said we're gonna go uh 
top three football movies. We'll do it draft style. Okay. And uh, since I went first last week, I'll let you go first this All week. All right. I'm going to take – this is a no-brainer for me. This is, movie came out when I was in school. Remember the Titans. Love Strong. that movie. Strong. It became a movie in my school. I don't know if it was middle school, high school. I can't remember exactly. But we watched it all the time in class for whatever reason. For maybe the coaches that taught. <laughs> I don't know. Like, you know, that just decided we're going to watch it all the time. Right. But I also have a connection to it because I got to actually interview Herman Boone. The oh, Herman so Boone. Cool. Um, when I worked at Lawton Constitution down there in Lawton many moons ago. And... It was really one of the coolest things sitting there and actually talk to Herman Boone, talk to him about that experience, the movie experience, his career. Um, you know, he has since passed away, but that was really cool. And so Remember the Titans always kind of holds that special place to me. Really strong start. I, uh, I cannot disagree with that as, an, as a number one selection. Uh, with that off the table, uh, now, if I had had the first pick, I probably would have gone with it anyway, but I'm going with Rudy. That's okay. That's it's good. Really hard. That's really good. hard to beat. It's yeah. one. Of, it's one of those that if I come across it on TV, I'm yeah. I'm done for however much yeah. longer is left in the movie. I haven't watched that in years. Really, it's been a really really long wow. time. Wow, interesting. Yeah, it's uh, definitely worth. It's it's one of those that you you know it so well. It's easy to just jump in in the middle. Yeah, and yeah. Know what's going on? That's so. a good one. That's a good one. All right. I think my second one mm-hmm. has to be. Any given Sunday. That's solid. I like that movie for some reason. I've yeah. always liked that movie. Um, it's gritty. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of long, but it it's is, yeah. it's really, really just. I think I don't know if it's accurate by any means of what an NFL right. really is like, but it's. I always just enjoyed it. I enjoyed the acting and the writing and mm-hmm. and, and things like that. So yeah, it's solid. Yeah. Jamie Fox is a lot of fun. In, yeah, uh, in that. Yeah, some other, Some other really interesting characters in that movie. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll agree with that. Um, similar movie in terms of uh the glamorization uh but at the high school level i'm going with varsity blues next that's a good one that's good. a really really good, good one uh, um i i randomly quote this movie um at, at times that don't necessarily fit <laughs> the situation well uh, the, the people don't realize that i'm quoting it and yeah. i'm the only one laughing at my joke right yeah like i go a 10 a 10 <laughs> that's good just at, at random times um yep. that's a good one uh, you know things like that, things that Tweeter said, different uh, <laughs> different moments from that uh, movie that, uh, that 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 live on in infamy. So, um, all right, well that uh, that brings it back to you to your for your final. I'm pick. torn a little bit here, but I think I'm gonna go with Radio. Oh, that's a good one. And here's and, and I think the movie's phenomenal and fantastic. But I'm also a huge Gary Smith fan, mm-hmm. the old Sports Illustrated right. writer who wrote the story that the the movie's based off of. Right. And I love the story. I love his writing. And so I love that movie just because of everything involved with that. Um, I think the movie tells the story very well. But go and read the actual Gary Smith story, and you'll love the movie even more. Yeah, definitely. Um, my, uh, my last one uh, was very difficult. Um, I, I came really close to, to going with Little Giants. We oh, talked about, I thought about that earlier. We talked about how hard it is to recreate football action. I think that movie does yeah. it better than anything because it's little kids, and it's a little bit easier yeah, yeah. with little kids. It's That's not, good. Uh, not the same level of violence. Um, I thought about Brian's song. I, that was one I was debating with That's radio was really, Brian's song. That's a really strong one. Uh, I'm going a little bit. Um, the old school one, not the remake. Right, 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 yeah. right, right. Um, but, uh, but my last one, oh, another, Jerry Maguire was another one. That's I don't a good know. One, yeah. I, I, I think that counts as a football movie, right? You yeah, know, and, no, and I'll be honest, the first time I saw Jerry Maguire was like within the last two years. The first time? First time ever. Wow. Yeah. 
All right. Then. I don't know why, but yeah. I think I got in my head like I don't need to watch this because I all I hear is the quotes from it. So I never right. did. And I watched it, and it's fantastic. It is. So it probably should have been on my list. Really, really good movie. I'm going with a little bit of a weird one though. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I like this movie as much as I do because it doesn't seem to get the uh, the, the critical acclaim that I think it deserves. Draft Day. Oh, with uh, Kevin Costner as the Browns. I've actually GM. never seen it. Really? I've never seen all it. Right. That's uh, I'm, I'm not I'm <laughs> so not surprised. By I can't that. I can't say yay or nay on this. Right. I have no idea. I'm I'm not surprised by that. Um, yeah. Some of the things that happen are, are very unrealistic. Yeah. Um, but I really like the creativity that they used and how they shot it because yeah. you know he's a GM. He's making phone calls all the time and um, you know how they work the cameras right. with phone calls. All, a lot of different stuff that they do that I thought was a lot of fun and really creative to make yeah. it flow really well. The other ones I thought of the replacements with Keanu Reeves. Love that movie. Mm-hmm. Um. I actually really like the longest yard with Adam Sandler. I like both longest yards. Yeah, I, I like I like them both. Yeah, and honestly, Waterboy is pretty good too. Um, that's a little older, but mm-hmm. I liked it. You know, some of those considered, but you know, I'm pretty pleased with the three. Waterboy, another one that will occasionally creep into uh, being quoted. Yes, foosball references. <laughs> yes, I do that. I still do that. Yes. Things like that. So foosball's the devil. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I think that uh, that does it. We'll wrap it up from here at Stone Cloud. Once again, thanks to the folks here taking great care of us, giving us some beer to drink. It's, uh, it's been fantastic. We're really enjoying this. Really hope that we can get some fans out here to uh, to come hang out with us on a, on a Tuesday evening. Like we said, usually around 645, we're here and, and on the air by 7. So um, so come out, check it out, uh, or just come check it out anytime. If you're in Stillwater or uh, or up here for uh, for whatever reason, come check it out. Great place. Really cool atmosphere and, and great beer. So anything else? I think that's about I it, think, right? I think we've covered it. I think we did. All right. Well, thanks to... Uh, oh, to uh, we've got to subscribe to the newsletter. The newsletter. Don't forget the Make newsletter. Sure newsletter. Right. Follow us on Twitter. Yes. Find us on Oklahoman.com. Exactly. Everywhere. All right. Thanks to our viewers. Thanks to our listeners. And thanks to Addison for, uh, for putting this all together, making it sound like we uh, we know what we're doing here technically <laughs> uh, because it's obvious that we don't. No. No. So anyway. All right. Thanks, everybody. And we will talk to you next week. Cheers. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.